Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos, where we present tips, tools, and techniques to help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor at Lokahi Counseling. This channel and the Calming the Chaos podcast is for those who want self-help and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like the information, please subscribe to my channel and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. In this episode of Calming the Chaos, I'm here with Debbie Wallbank and Georgia Manning of the Hardcore Warriors. And they are both in Great Britain, which I dearly love because sometimes I do an accent that maybe sounds a little bit cheesy, but I've heard it's quite good, actually. Anyway, I'm very excited to have them here because they're talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that is menopause. Debbie and Georgia are on a mission to eliminate the stigma of menopause and also to identify and help people recognize and help themselves out from any trauma that can result from menopause. And I just love this subject and these two girls are just fantastic. I can't wait to hear more of their story and how they got to meet each other and how they have gotten on this mission together. So I'm going to bring them up one by one. Here is Debbie. And Hello. here. Hello. And here's Georgia. Hi, Tracy. Jolly good accent. <laughs> it <laughs> Not doesn't sound effort. <laughs> yeah. I've heard it sounds Australian, but I don't know because I don't know either one. I just kind of do what I do, whatever that is. <laughs> so, good to have you both here today. I'm so excited to talk with you about menopause. And well, first off, I want to hear about you two and maybe one of you can start us off by telling us the story of how you know a little bit about you and how you met. Georgia do you want to go first or should I go first? I feel like you tell the story really well so. <laughs> okay I should go first. No pressure or anything. Like <laughs> Not at all eh? So gosh well I come from a corporate background uh, 30-ish years working in oil and gas in Aberdeen, Scotland. That's where I'm from. Lived probably two-thirds of my life in Aberdeen, but I have moved around the UK quite a lot um, in search of better jobs, in search of being closer to friends and family. Uh, met my now ex-husband who shipped me up to Orkney, which is a very remote island off the north coast of Scotland. Um, lived there for a few years, but we had to move back to Aberdeen again and I went back into oil and gas. Unfortunately, at that time, I was starting with perimenopause. Didn't know it at the time, but the symptoms caused me to be quite ill and subsequently lose three jobs back to back. And I then, ventured into network marketing, which I did on and off for around about eight years. In the process of that, learned a ton of stuff about social media, how to network correctly, how not to, you know, be the spammy person, how not to be the overly salesy person, and just how to tell your own story in an effective way on social. And I wanted to put a course out about that subject. So an opportunity was given to me for some free training on how to do just that, how to create an online course and put it out there. So I did the free training, then signed up for further training. And it was in that situation that I bumped into, well, I didn't bump into Georgia. I virtually bumped into Georgia on the same course. And yeah, we don't bump into each other anymore, literally, right? No, we fist bump. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah, so we met through the process of doing this course. We instantly hit it off. We've sort of discovered that we're, we're pretty much the same person, aside from visually looking very different. Inside, we're the same. So we are, we are each other's twin in an alternate universe, perhaps. Um, we loved getting to know each other and decided that it would be really a great idea to join forces and put out a course that 
was for both of us that we, we could both have input to. Um, so we tailored that course several times in the process, trying to find something that utilised both our skills, that meant something to both of us. And at some point in time, because I have been through menopause, I mentioned about me potentially approaching other menopausal women to come and do our course. From that point, it became, we're going to do a course about helping people with menopause. <laughs> and it's it's been quite a roller coaster journey, I guess, but in a good way. You know, there's been lots of ups, some downs also, lots of twists and turns, um, lots of high speed progress, lots of slow climbs and... Oh, it's just been incredible. And I have found, you know, a best friend for life, a business partner for life and someone that just knows me inside and out. And we've only met physically once, you know, so it's been it's been a fantastic journey so far. And I can't wait for the rest of the adventure. Yeah. And you two have only really known each other for not even a year, right? Yeah. 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 It's incredible. We, we bumped paths in February this year. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think that kind of paves the way for Georgia to give an introduction about her and how uh, she is your twin flame, apparently, right? <laughs> and, uh, and what she contributes to this uh, dynamic duo, if you will. Dynamic duo. I love that. So, <laughs> what a beautiful intro, Deb. Um, yes, our worlds collided. And have never ever, I have not been the same since I've been really impacted on a cellular level by this fusion of our uh, offerings and this collaboration but it's a soul collaboration um, and uh, it really helps that Deb is the techie graphic designer you know extraordinaire because that's not my thing so I <laughs> I'm a somatic coach I'm a holistic coach and I really work with bringing people back into the body so they can experience uh, the richness of the present moment um, without being in their head. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. that's where we spend quite a lot of time and the cognition is, um, you know, it's, it's wonderful, but it doesn't, in my um, opinion or in my experience, alter your state. So I spend a lot of time below the line, beneath, below, and before words. Um, <laughs> and I've learned this from my experience as a dementia carer because before language, there are, there are no words sometimes with somebody who's experiencing that and helping to navigate with them through that fog, you have to show and not tell them that they are safe. And it's all about safety. That's my work is about making people feel safe so they can connect more deeply to themselves. Well, so your work combines both of your talents, strengths and gifts. So then we've got the techie and by the way, wonderful graphic designer and also knows how to do social media. And then the somatic healing part of it, the, the body, bringing the body and the mind together. Mm. And I love what you said, Georgia, about creating safety with things that aren't verbal necessarily or cognitive, but being able to help a person to feel safe. Yeah. 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 And it's not to say that that part isn't important, but it goes offline sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And we'll talk about how that happens dur during menopause, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's start out with, and either one of you can chime in on the definition of menopause. Just, I think everybody knows, but I always like to give a definition of what we're looking at. And I promise to give a definition of chaos too. And we'll put the two together and talk about some strategies that you two teach in your classes and in your work with people. So who wants to go with the definition of menopause? What is that anyway? I'll let you take that one, Deb. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I'm the one with sort of the experience of it, I guess. Uh, Georgia is probably just starting her journey and, you know, experiencing some symptoms, but I have had the whole whack and I have been through it. So I'm probably best placed at this point to try and explain it to you. Um, the technical side of it, the science bit, um, menopause is really, it's broken into three phases. You have perimenopause, which is 
when your estrogen levels are starting to drop and you'll start to notice some symptoms, it's often where the symptoms are at their worst. But because it can often happen at quite a young age, it isn't necessarily recognised straight away as being menopause. So you have this perimenopausal state, which can begin in your, well, I was 40, um, it can begin in your 30s. And actually, some people are extremely unlucky and experience it in their 20s, which is extremely rare, but it's not impossible. And, you know, to digress slightly, this is why we're doing what we're doing, because we really want people to be aware of it at a much younger age so that they're equipped for it better when it happens so they can understand what's going on and not be scared, not be stressed, not panic thinking it's something else and give them the tools to help them through it much more easily. So your oestrogen levels are dropping. Now, oestrogen controls many things in your body. <sighs> Too many to list, to be honest. And there, there are actually 34 recognized symptoms of menopause, but there are more than 34 because I have had some that aren't even on the list. And some people will sail through the process with minimal symptoms. Some people get them all and it's like a ton of bricks hitting you, you know. So there's no one size fits all. But your oestrogen levels are dropping so you can start to experience fatigue, brain fog, hot, hot flushes, flashes, some people call them, night sweats, irritability, sleepless nights, weight gain, you know, just to name a few. But from those symptoms, you'll see that they can apply to so many things, right? And this is unfortunately why people aren't diagnosed early enough as being in menopause, because all those symptoms, for me personally, could have related to two other um, conditions that I have, which is an underactive thyroid and I'm vitamin B12 deficient. They have the same symptoms. So it, it's extremely hard to know if it's menopause or not. And really the only way to tell is with a blood test, which in this country, GPs are very loath to provide when people are so young because you can't be having menopause because you're too young, you know? So they, they don't necessarily look into it on that level. So perimenopause itself with all these wonderful symptoms can last on average four years but it can last up to 10 years and in some cases, possibly more, you know? So that's a really long time to be going through this transitional phase. And if you're experiencing these symptoms all at once, it's not gonna be much fun, as I'm sure you can imagine. So perimenopause is ongoing, you have your symptoms. Your monthly bleeds will probably become less frequent. The may become every second month and they may be even less frequent than that and that is when you really start to know that it's the menopause that's causing these symptoms and ultimately you have to be technically bleed free for 12 months before you can be classed as menopausal so up until then if you are still bleeding you're still perimenopausal and that's just the first phase, perimenopause? Perimenopause is just the first phase. Oh, that sounds like so much. In a way, I, I haven't heard the other two phases yet. Mm. And uh, to be honest, didn't know that menopause had three phases, even though I've been through it myself. Yeah. It was a fog. And I wonder if perimenopause is the worst phase. It sounds really awful. Mm. Yeah, it's. it has been documented that it, the symptoms are usually at their worst in this phase and they will gradually decrease over time. Not in everyone's case. Some people are symptomatic right to the very end and then it, it, you know, it can just stop. But typically the symptoms will reduce over time. Wow. And then when you're in the menopause phase, as I say, you have to have had no menstruation for a period of 12 months minimum. And you will still potentially have symptoms at this point but they should now, because you're not menstruating, a lot of the symptoms kind of disappear along with that. So they really should start to decrease by this time. And the menopause phase itself can last about four years. Okay. Now, I 
was perimenopausal at 40, although it took two years to be confirmed. And I was in that until about 18 months ago. So I'm now, I'm, I'm technically in menopause at the moment, but because my symptoms are really dramatically falling away now, that is, that's kind of when menopause stops is when your symptoms have gone. That is another average of four years, but again, it's, it's not a given. And after that, you are then in post-menopause. So you never actually leave menopause. Once you have started perimenopause, you will be menopausal for the rest of your life. You just might not have symptoms. And that's where the confusion is. But you never actually exit menopause or get through menopause. You're always in it. You're just in a different stage of it. Yeah. Wow. And I can really see where the connection can come in with the body work uh, that Georgia does and all of the chaos that could be happening when there's so much change, you know, so a state of uh, disorganization, we're talking the, just confusion and all the stuff that's new transition, throwing us off balance is a state of chaos happening uh, in the body. And so anything you wanna to add to that, uh, Georgia? And by the way, wonderful definition and just the way that you laid it out in three, three phases, Debbie. Thank you. Yeah, beautiful, Deb. Really beautiful. Um, <laughs> no, that was that's absolutely it. It's that um, disorganized sort of. Um, there, there's sort of an underlying um, thing within chaos, and I don't know if you know about the butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, a butterfly can flap its wings in Brazil, and uh, it'll be felt in China. A tornado will happen in China, or an earthquake will happen in China. And when you have these systems, these ecosystems that are being compromised, it's like everything becomes sort of disenfranchised and goes, uh, you know, into disarray. So mm -hmm. it can have a knock-on effect on, on everything. And also some of these symptoms, like the hot flashes or flushes, can feel like high anxiety. They can feel like something else. And then you can start to bring those things on because you are thinking it's connected to to something else like anxiety or or or, or fear. So they have similar kind of chemical reactions going on in the body. And yeah, um, that is kind of the definition of trauma, according to uh, HeartMath, Daniel uh, Siegel, is um, you know. Organisms have a tendency towards um, self-organization, and when there is trauma and disruption and dysregulation, they go towards either chaos or rigidity. And that's and, what's happening in the body at menopause. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I think I think the trauma of it and the chaos of it is when we disconnect from it because it's too much. There's either too much intensity or there's a lack of something. And that's where the, the, the chaos and the anxiety and the pain comes in is that disconnection from self, from the experience, because it's maybe too overwhelming for people and they don't understand and they're not meeting their biology where it is and they're thinking something's wrong with them. What's wrong with me? What's going on? Especially with this peri perimenopause that you were talking about, Deb, that mm -hmm. transitionary phase. It makes so much sense to me that it's, you know, the worst part because... You, you keep getting invalidated. You've experienced that. Doctors telling you, oh, but, you know, you're too young or whatever. And I think that causes the trauma and the chaos to further just intensify and be really inflammatory because no one is seeing your experience and, and they're just diminishing you. And, you know, to, to add to that as well, um, the chaos is actually happening in your body as a physical thing as well. You know, your hormones are all over the place because the lack of one hormone can result in the overproduction of another hormone to kind of counteract it. And it's not a normal state for your body to be in, in that transition period. It becomes normal, but in that, in that moment when it's all starting to happen, your body inside you is going, what is going on? It doesn't know what's going on, you know? So not only is there a mind chaos going on, there's a physical chaos as well. Great. 
Yeah, yeah, which makes Georgie's work so important when you think about you're a somatic healer, isn't that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, how did you get to be a somatic healer? If we could just hear a little bit about what that is and, and how you were able to get into that sort of line of healing. Yeah, sure. So um, as Deb said, we met on another course, um, which was nothing to do with somatics. And I was exploring on my own because I felt like it was, while it was great for me, it wasn't going deep enough. And I wanted to go um, sort of below the line, below the neck, because that was what I practiced in my own life and found to be effective in regulating myself. I wasn't able to regulate my state by trying to manipulate my thoughts. And I would try it and I would be not very successful. And then I would think, what? I'm doing something wrong. What's wrong with me? And then I started to explore somatics and soma is the body and just getting back into the body. And so many of us are disconnected from our bodies. And it was a very bizarre <laughs> experience for me when I first did one of these sessions where I was sort of reclaiming my territory and looking at my hands and, you know, just acknowledging them. And through every body part, I felt this sort of aliveness and this connection and it was tingling. And then I did tapping and that was really, there was so much resonance frequency in that. And I just started to go further and further down the portal, the rabbit hole, whatever you call it. Um, so, yeah, I, I just find it really, really um, effective. It do, it's not for everybody. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I was thinking as you were talking about then during menopause, wouldn't it be natural to want to disconnect from the body when it's going through so much chaos, when it's going through so much, all of those symptoms that Debbie mentioned. Yeah. I, I really think it would be sort of natural to do mm -hmm. that. Georgia, do you help people feel safer, like you said earlier, feel safer getting back into the body? Yes, absolutely. That is exactly it. People, there's a dissonance and they disconnect. Um, they dissociate because it's too much. It's too much. So I do, and it's very gently stepping towards the self, coming back home. And it's about the feedback, because all of this stuff is feedback. It signals from home. It signals from your body. And if you attune to it, you can, you can start to understand what your body is telling you, body talk. You can start to, um, to really honor that and, and be with it without create the need to create a story around it. Because it's biology. Yeah. I, and so how does one get attuned with the body? Either one of you can answer that if you want to speak to it. Because when you said that, I thought, yeah, that must be the key, right? Is to yeah. be able to get attuned to it. So first off, what is attuned? And how do we get there? So attunement happens. We attune, we're attuning to, to one another right now. And co-regulation, where you're co-regulating with another person's nervous system, which Deb and I do all the time <laughs> just by talking, um, allows you to feel safe. You know, um, a lot of these, the, the culture now says that people that try to co-regulate are needy or it's, you know, toxic, but we, we are primed for that as human beings. So that is one way to attune is to attune with another makes you feel safer to be yourself. So you can do it with another person. You can do it with a partner. You can do it with a pet or you can simply sit with yourself. And it's, it is hard for some people to come back into the body. It, it's a, it's a practice. It's a process, but it's a, it's kind of like the art of becoming self-actualization. Uh, Carl Rogers calls it. Yeah. 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 So it's just, I already have all of the resources within. I just have to connect back into that inner innate wisdom because it's all there. Um, and it's that organic intelligence. But if we, we need, to, well, in my opinion, take the mind out of that, <laughs> the thinking mind, because that's when you start to create these stories and these narratives um, and just be with what is. The I attending to the it, the felt sense. Focusing is very good. Um, I, I do focusing with my clients. Um, 
Mm. And that's a very good practice that allows you to just, just a gentle noticing. And just yeah. in that, just in that awareness, you can start to connect to your body. Mm. Yeah, so attunement meaning can... Uh, kind of a fancy word with connecting, but it's more than connecting. It's actually connecting and noticing and almost like leaning into what is happening in, in the body, right? That's the attunement and maybe getting the mind and the body attuned together. Yeah. I've never really used that word uh, attunement before, but it, I really like that in how to describe how the mind and the body work together. And, and of course, how we connect with each other too, right? Yes. Well, is that what you to teach? And I know you do some workshops and retreats and we can talk about that. Is that is this attunement and how to be back into your body, especially during this time of menopause? Is that what the two of you are teaching in your courses? Yes. And we are basically providing co-regulation <laughs> in, in a space for people, a sisterhood that is so you know, important. A sisterhood. Yeah. Can you say more about that? Well, so if you look at tribes and different uh, cultures, there's that sense of community. So when um, a woman goes through pregnancy, she has a child, all of the elders attend to the child and the mother and, you know, take some of that pressure off. And, and we've kind of lost that. Mm -hmm. And the same with going through menopause. We, we do it on our own. We suffer in silence, and I think that's what we're doing is creating a heart space where we can unburden ourselves of these things that are very normal and that in, in other cultures and in days gone by, we would have had comfort and, and um, solidarity around and a holy communion of sharing it. But now we don't, we're not like that anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, we, we just want to create a really safe space for at this point in time for menopausal women you know we are not excluding anyone at all anyone is welcome to join if they can relate to the symptoms if they can relate to the stresses but our our aim and our focus is to help with menopause because we we just we we align with it ourselves so much you know and <coughs> sorry excuse me it will be a completely safe space that we have and it's built on openness, honesty, authentic, authenticity, um, and, and warmth and genuine care for people. Let me see if I can pull this graphic up here. This is, now this is the five-day workshop, and I don't know, it looks like it's going to be happening on Monday. Is that right? It is indeed. Uh, we have a free five-day event running next week. Now, it, I say five-day. It's not um, It's not like 24 hours for five days, but we will be sharing content. We'll be sharing videos. We have some guest gurus that are joining us to share their top tips on other things that we can do to help. So, you know, nutrition, fitness, sleep, gut health, all of these wonderful things can all come together to make your transition period and the the entire menopausal period much more comfortable way less stressful and ultimately will will make you a better human being because you're you're connecting to all these different areas of of your body and yourself that you know you sort of take for granted um so the workshop itself is we're going to have a live session every day it's only half an hour but we will be teaching some of the techniques that we'll be using in the retreat we will be as i say sharing other top tips giving advice we'll be open to questions if people want to ask us things it is entirely free for the whole time and you know we just can't wait to get started and share all these things that that we've experienced that we've learned that know can help so many people and I have to call attention to the graphics on this. this. So that's Debbie's work. And she just does a fantastic job making it look all mysterious and gothic and kind of sexy there. I love it. So uh, great, great work. And so it's absolutely free. Where can we go to be able to, if somebody is interested in that, where can they go to be able to access it? Okay, so we are building our own private space away from social media. 
Um, it will be via our own website and we have an app as well. So it will be website for you know laptops, computers. It's also mobile friendly and we have the associated app. So we have a private group within that space and in that group is where we'll be sharing all the content and all the live sessions will be there. They will be recorded. So even if people can't join live, they can just catch up whenever they want to. And it will remain there for them as a resource forever. You know, we're not just gonna close the doors after five days, they can stay in there and keep coming back, especially for the techniques because you're not necessarily gonna get it right the first time. You're gonna to want to go back and look at how it was done and improve your own technique. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's a chance to speak to other people that are going through the same thing as well. And all entirely controlled by us. We, it's by invitation only. We have a link where you can register. You can sign up for your free tickets and then we will let you into the group. But we will only let you into the group if we know you have your ticket. Awesome. I hope this is the right website here. That's the Wix website. And they have all kinds of uh, different links that I will put in the description for this video. Uh, we do also have some uh, information that uh, is, well, it's a link I'll put up here, but it is, this is the all link. So this has all of their social media links in it. And again, if you click on the description of the show, you you'll find that too. So you'll know where to, they've got a YouTube channel, they're on Pinterest, and they've got a podcast. I guess you have a podcast as well. And we haven't really talked about the podcast a whole lot. Uh, but if you want to speak to that, that would be, this is uh, some of the, this is what the podcast looks like when you pull it up. And yeah, it, what do you talk about on Warriors Wisdom Podcast? <laughs> we have a lot of fun <laughs> on the podcast. Um, it, you know, it, it's tied in heavily to what we're doing with regards to the retreat, but it's also about other things. You know, it's literally just our musings. There are updates on what we've been up to in the previous week. We do like to have a laugh. We do like to be brutally honest. We'll talk about all sorts of topics. Um, you know, so far it's it's brand new, but so far we've spoken about sleep a little bit. We've spoken about gut health a little bit. I actually have a couple to update onto there. And, you know, we, we're talking about things in, from our perspective and from what we've learned through personal experience and from what we've learned from our guru partners. And, you know, we're partnering with some amazing people now. We're also, in talks with various brands to have some products for our retreat, you know, we can put into a lovely welcome box. So all of these people are helping us grow our own knowledge of health in general, really. So I guess primarily it's, it's health related, but at some point in time, there will be social media stuff in there. There will be personal branding stuff in there. You know, the Warriors as a brand itself covers a lot of different areas and we want to share bits of that through our wisdom. <laughs> Yeah. And wisdom it is too. I really yeah. can see that uh, with the two of you working together. And if you were to give either one of you uh, just a tip or a tool that a person who may think that they're struggling with menopause, but not sure, like what you were mentioning earlier, Debbie, about I have a vi vitamin B12 deficiency and thyroid, hypothyroid. Is this a health condition? Is this menopause? Of course, we know menopause happens in the body, so it is a health condition. How are people supposed to know and what could they do to find out? Uh, shall I take that, George? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, as I said before, it, it can be it can be extremely difficult to know and even to have that into your head that it could be menopause. You know, I, I've had similar symptoms to these prior to me being perimenopausal. So when they started to get worse, and I would I would kind of joke, like, oh yeah, it's, it must be menopause. You know, ha ha ha, it's menopause. And everybody would say, don't be stupid, you're only 40. Can't possibly be menopause. And it was. So it, it is extremely difficult to know if it's menopause or not. First, I would suggest to anyone who has any concerns, obviously consult your GP. Um, in the first instance, if you find, you know, they're maybe not, not as helpful as you would want them to be, or they kind of poo-poo the idea that it's menopause, do your research. 
really look online and assess the symptoms. And if you if you can find this list, we, we'll share the list of 34 symptoms. That's, you know, we can share that with you. Oh, great. If you find you're ticking off half or more of this list, I would say there's a high chance it's perimenopause. Um, but even a GP, if you tick off all the boxes, some of them will still not necessarily class you as being in perimenopause because of your age. You know, all GPs are different, right? We all know that. They all operate differently. They have a different train of thought. So if you are really concerned, start looking at herbal remedies in the first instance, if you wish. If you want to take something for it, they can be extremely, uh, extremely beneficial. For me personally, they didn't work. So I'm actually on HRT, which again, some people are for and against, and that's personal choice. That's absolutely fine. I'm not pro or against anything. I just, if something works for me, I'm happy. And, right. you know, if people are open to HRT, certainly investigate that option as well. Assess your risks because there are some known risks with it. But if, you know, if, if, if your GP recommends that it's okay for you, and you're open to that, I would I would certainly encourage people to give it a try. Um, a friend of mine actually has, she's in menopause because of surgery, and she actually is on three HRT patches at a time, and she changes them every second day. Whereas the normal prescription for them, well, certainly here, is one patch twice a week. So she's on about three or four times as much because of the surgical procedure. So again, even with the treatment, there's no fixed cure, if you like. Well, there's no cure, but, you know, there's no fixed remedy or solution. But definitely investigate herbal options. Look into somatic work. Look into holistic work if you don't want to take anything prescribed or medicinal. Yeah. Anything really that can just help you calm help you focus and just take away that panic because there's no need to panic you know the the symptoms are not great if you know if you're going to get them quite badly it, it's not much fun but it isn't the end of the world it really isn't there there are so many things that can help and certainly alleviate the symptoms and you know of course we're here. If anybody wants to chat to us as well, we would we'd love anyone just to send us a message. Come say hi if they're really struggling. You know, we, we'd be very open to that. And I'm just looking at your link. I think that may be the wrong one. So I will send you the correct link and we can have that updated. Great, great. I appreciate that. And, you know, so whether it's menopause or whether it's another health condition, it, there is chaos going on in a body. And uh, so, Georgia, if you were to give a tip about if you are struggling with something that is disruptive, chaotic in your body, just like a hot flash, for example, is there a technique where you can make, I mean, obviously the hot flash is there yeah. and it's not, and it's not going anywhere because it's here. How can we exist with it more comfortably in our physical bodies? Well, my first tip would be to allow it. Mm. To allow Don't it. resist it. Yeah. There's a 90 second rule. So you allow a process to complete that cascade that comes down in the body. Just let it be. Just let it be. And it will complete because when there are unfulfilled cycles and processes that are incomplete, that energy is within the emotional body and it's, it's just not a good thing. You need to discharge it, but by allowing and just being with it and witnessing it and me, maybe even noticing. And, and you can, you can maybe even ask yourself, how can I do less in this moment? How can I do less? I love that. You know, I've been in meetings with people who are going through menopause and they're very open about it. And you can tell because they would get a hot flash, but then they're like, oh no, it's a hot flash. And then they grab a piece of paper and they start, you know, fanning themselves. And you can tell they're really getting worked up and it's not going away. And so I think your, what you just said is really wise counsel is the, and you said 90 seconds. Yeah. The 90 second rule. Um, and it's just, it's hard because our, our nature is to start to, again, create a story around this. Why is this happening? What's going on? There's something 
there's something wrong. Um, but if you just allow it to complete, mm -hmm. it, it, will, it will pass. Allow it to complete. Yes, what we resist persists is what I've mm. been told, right? So okay. if we resist it, it's gonna, just like the person who's frantically fanning themselves, it's gonna be more likely exactly. that, uh, that it will get worse. Or And because we add anxiety onto everything else, which, you know, yeah. is not extra helpful, so. Exactly that. And you know, if they're fanning themselves, what are they doing? They're moving and causing yeah. themselves to get even more heat in their bodies because they're, they're they're making this motion and yes, their face might be getting cool, but the yeah. rest of their body is going to be on fire. So, yeah, you know, calm and breathe, I think, or, you know. I think that's very good, yeah. And even asking, maybe sort of sitting with yourself and asking the, the hot flash, this sounds weird, what do you need right now? What do I, what can I give you that's supportive in this moment? Maybe it's to just lie down, whatever it is. It's letting the body lead, really. Yeah, I remember when I was in, I was going through uh, probably perimenopause now that I have learned more about it today. And sitting in a session with a client and a hot flash would come on and I would start to feel that kind of wave of heat going up and around and just trying to breathe into it while also listening to the client and understanding that it's sort of like emotions. They're like waves. It does sort of have this sort of apex and it goes mm -hmm. back down if you will allow it and not resist it. It is, it is super challenging, though, when you're having a conversation, it's supposed to be a professional and you're getting this hot flash and you're sweating in your cleavage and all this other stuff that happens that's so joyous. And I think from a mental health standpoint, one of the things as a person who has gone through menopause myself is I would offer that we plant positive suggestions to those who are not going through it yet. Like, I caught myself telling a younger colleague, oh, wait till you go through menopause. It's really bad. And then I thought, wow, Tracy, you're a hypnotherapist. You're not supposed to be giving those sorts of suggestions <laughs> to people. So I had to call her up and say, I refuse that suggestion uh, on your behalf. And I'm going to give you other suggestions such as it's, yeah. it's going to be fine. You can make it through. Others have made it through and we can support each other through it. Yeah. Mm, awesome. yes. And that, that is that is our exact aim. You know, we, we would love much more education to be on this in schools. Yes, yes. Way before, you know, we're, we're taught about so much about our reproductive system, about, you know, relationships, about life in general. But nobody tells you about the, the stuff when you're getting older. Not because exactly. they, they think it's not important then because you're not older. But by the time you get to be older and it just all of a sudden hits you and nobody's told you about it, that's when the chaos kicks in. Would you suggest that mothers start to talk to their daughters about this? Because I think it's really super important to do. Yeah, I mean, neither of us have children, so we, we can't, you know, say this from a maternal point of view, but from a common sense point of view, absolutely. I don't think anybody could be too young to start to be told about these things. Yeah. yeah, when I first talked to my mother about it, I had already been through it. And then I asked her just mm -hmm. kind of casually, like, okay, what age were you when you went through it? And we were the same age. Yeah. <laughs> and I could have just asked her when I was going through it. But of course, there's that sort of, it, there wasn't that sisterhood mm -hmm. uh, sort of idea behind it for me. So I, I love the work that you two are doing. Is there anything imparting that you guys would like to say uh, about the work that you do or about another tip or tool or uh, just something else that you'd like to add about menopause in general? Gosh, um, I guess for me, you know, I, in relation, similar to yourself, Tracy, my mom was the same age as me when we, when, when she had her perimenopause as well. And I didn't even know that she was going through it. I wasn't aware, I didn't even acknowledge that. And even now, I think it was only yesterday, I mean, I, I knew she was 41 when I asked her when I was kind of maybe 45 or something, but it was only this week and I, I, I just asked her, I said, what symptoms did you have? I had no idea, you know, I, I literally have no idea what mum went through in that period. 
because she didn't talk to me about it, we weren't living together at that point. We were, you know, we're opposite ends of the country. But maybe she was struggling and had no one to talk to. Yeah. And I would have been more than happy to listen and support, you know. Mm-hmm. So find my biggest tip, I guess, is find one person that you can talk to in utter confidence and with the ease to say whatever you want and it won't be judged mm. and you won't be condemned for it. You won't be ridiculed and you won't be told you're being stupid. Just find that one person because that one person could actually change your life and your whole experience of this process. Yeah, mm. such good counsel there. I, I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm glad that, uh, uh, that you are doing the work that you're doing because it, it is going to help some moms are out there and it's going to help them to talk more to their their uh, girls that go through this and and do you have any uh georgia do you have any uh extra um, tips or anything that you'd like to add to that yeah just to build on what deb said i think that by speaking it into the space you start to reduce the shame around it Shame is a big part of that. And we, as women, carry a lot of shame. We carry that in our wombs. And it's a lot of my work that we do, well, the work that we do is about reconnecting to that divine source of femininity. And yeah, eliminating or reducing shame where possible is by speaking it into the space. Awesome. Just being with it, being with whatever's happening, just being present, which is hard. Well, we have an extra special uh, guest here, and it's a kind of a guest of a guest. And we thought, and I think this guest is a male. Is, is he okay to come on screen? Yes. <laughs> Do we want to let him in? Yes, let him in. All right. Okay. So well, now, do we let him in, George? <laughs> well, this is my husband, Tim. Hello there. Tim. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Debbie and Georgie. And so I here, Tim, that you have a question for for these ladies. Yes, uh, what advice can you give um, to the men whose significant others may be going through menopause? Um, Georgie, if I may take this one, I would love yeah, to. Yeah. Uh, having gone through perimenopause with a man who is now no longer in my life because of his reaction to it. So what I what I would love to say to men who are in a relationship with a woman going through these changes in her life, please be patient. Please be caring. Listen if they want you to listen. Leave them alone if you want them to. If you if they want you to leave them alone, you know every woman will react in a different way to this. Every woman will want something different to help them through this. Just be whatever it is they need. If you if you truly love your woman, give them exactly what they need. But ask them what they need. You know, don't be afraid to ask them, and just show that genuine care. Yeah, you know, we always say be patient, but we don't consider sometimes the person on the other end of your patience really would appreciate your patience, right? So yeah. there's there's one answer. I don't know if Georgie has a, a, a different one or wants to expand on that. What do you think, Georgie? I love that. I just think that's, you know, being a, a space holder. You know, it is hard because you have to make you have to have space for your own stuff that's going on, but maybe not take things personally. Hmm. You know, if if there's inflammatory stuff going on, it's probably hard when you are activated as a man yourself. But just hmm. try to sort of separate that from the person because it's not them. <laughs> yeah. Patience and understanding. So you got that, Tim? Patience and understanding. <laughs> yes, and I, I got that. And, and thank was. goodness I still have some more of those. There's no excuse now, Tim. <laughs> yeah, he was very patient, very understanding. We've been together for 22 years, and he did not leave me through the menopause. Wow. And I, again, gosh, Debbie, I'm, uh, you know, that story that you told, um, you just put your vulnerability right out there to all of us. But I, I really do believe that people need to hear that kind of thing from, from somebody. How much 
patience means, right? Mm. How much it means to that other person. Yeah. yeah. It's extremely important. Tim, do you have another question for them? Well, it's kind of a silly question, but uh, <laughs> I kind of feel a little awkward asking this, but is it possible that a man could go through maybe menopause or <laughs> something to that extent where uh, I, I've kind of determined it to be maybe a midlife crisis is what men call it. <laughs> but uh, anyways, if, if you could have anything to add to that. Well, firstly, there are no such things as silly questions. Okay. And secondly, yes, there is a menopause. Um, and I actually, it's, it's quite bizarre because only... I think it was just about a week ago, I always believed it was called male menopause, but it's actually called an andropause. 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 Andropause, yes. Awesome. So it is real. It is very real, but it's, it's not like the man flu. <laughs> And do in your I think uh, if if you could do you know what uh, is it andropause you said mm, yes okay I always I, for some reason I want to call it anthropage but I think it's anthropology as I'm thinking of mm. uh, andropage pause uh, if you could could you tell us what goes on I'm really curious because now I have to be the patient one maybe <laughs> yeah you might have to be yeah um, <laughs> do you know what it's almost the same. Mm. It's almost the same. Aside from the the lack of the menstruation, because obviously men don't have that, um, this, the other symptoms are almost identical. You know, oh. it can be the mood swings. It can be irritability. You might notice a change in your body muscle mass, your body shape. You might be developing some uh, man boobs going on here. You might have extra fat distribution you may have less energy. You may have difficulty sleeping. You may get the brain fog, you know. So really, most of the symptoms can apply to both men and women. Yes, and I can see that that could require patience for sure. <laughs> well, uh, so you have anything to add to that, uh, Georgie? No, I think it's just the process of aging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was certainly a delight to have you two here today, and Tim, you as well. <laughs> Thank you for being patient with me through uh, my menopause. And I really appreciate, again, uh, Debbie, Georgie, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. And we'll have the correct links on the website in the description for this video and in the show notes for the podcast. Uh, in the meantime, uh, take care and thanks again for being on Calming the Chaos. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos. If the information in today's podcast was helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. You can also go to my website at www.lokahicounseling.com for more resources for calming your mental and emotional chaos. This includes a CD I created that teaches you how to practice mindfulness in less than 10 minutes. So check it out. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.